This episode brought to you by RLG Construction Consulting, a highly accomplished and skilled construction consulting firm with over 35 years of experience in a variety of construction industries. From planning your project to managing your project, we work with every customer to determine what services best fit your needs. Visit www.rlgconsulting.net for more information. So what they say is, is that in order to match that, because that's a recording and audio, okay, right? And this is obviously recording audio. You're supposed to clap. That way you can see the spike and you can match them up better. Oh, cool. I like to get a good clap in there, though. <laughs> that's good. You like that? Yeah, you're a good clapper. Because <laughs> it claps. Hello, world. This is DJ Craven, and you're listening to the Craven Happiness Podcast. This is episode number two. For all you listeners out there, I appreciate you sticking with me and making it to the second episode here. I have finally been able to say, uh, have somebody say yes um, to my question of will you be on my podcast and uh, what are we going to do? And I say, I have no idea. So uh, without further ado, um, Justin Gray, thanks for coming uh, on the podcast. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll hand it over to you. Why don't you give a little quick little intro, a little, uh, little context uh, for the audience. Yeah, sure thing. So my name is Justin Gray. Uh, I am currently working at Smith Gray Buick GMC in Meadville, Pennsylvania. Um, it is my family's company. We can touch a little bit more on that uh, in a little while. But uh, yeah, I'm here to talk about happiness. Yeah, absolutely. Happiness is the theme. Thanks for stealing the thunder, Justin. Absolutely. <laughs> that is that is why we're here. Um, happiness is, is something that I believe in uh, a lot. And uh, you know, when I think of you, happy is definitely a word that I put in, in three words to describe you. So it was made a, a perfect sense, um, you know, for, for being the first guest. And, and again, I, I appreciate you saying yes to this again. Um, it's, uh, it means a lot to me. And, and hopefully this uh, this means something. We get somebody to listen to it other than your and my family members. <laughs> yeah. So uh, first question for you, Justin, um, as we get started here is just a, is a kind of an oddball question. But, um, you know, just to kind of get a little context to kind of who you are and, and who, who you uh, were and, and maybe where you got to today of, I like to ask the question of, uh, you know, describe yourself, uh, you know, who were you on the playground? What kind of kid were you on the playground or, or maybe in the lunchroom? Um, and then maybe even if you wanted to progress into, you know, the, the, the party as we, uh, as we aged a little bit and became of age, um, hopefully legally. Sure. Let's start with the playground. Um, I played, I had fun. I was always out riding bikes, um, playing the games, getting people together to, to have fun. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, it just I, I enjoy being around other people. I always have. I started at a very young age, um, just having that uh, desire to have fun with others. So the interaction with other people was was big for you mm-hmm. um, in in your in your childhood and and maybe even to today. Yep, always. Uh, lunchroom, uh, pretty low key. I did enjoy my sandwiches and yeah. my, my gushers. <laughs> sometimes fruit by the foot, but uh, yes, you know, I only got in trouble maybe once or twice. Had to stand at the end of the table. There was one time I I got sent to the stage, and that was pretty detrimental. The stage, yeah, you don't want to go there. You know, That's a bad thing. I was at the stage, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and just for everybody context in that, so. I know what he's talking about. Um, Justin's uh, only a few years younger than me. We both went to the same elementary school, and uh, the stage overlooked the lunchroom area, mm-hmm. so everybody could then look up at you and know that you did something wrong. <laughs> exactly. It, it would yep. put you there for shame, right? Yep. And if the principal walked in, he always stopped to see what you did. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Principal yeah. Carnes, right? To principal Carnes. Yeah. Yep. That's funny. Um, <laughs> and then as far as... Um, you know, as far as the party goes, uh, yeah, I enjoyed, uh, again, just being around people. Uh, was I wouldn't say necessarily the life of the party, but mm-hmm. um, definitely was present uh, yeah. when I was around people and uh, just enjoyed myself. So. Yeah, and always, always sounds like maybe the interaction uh, between people. Um, would uh, would I be sensed to, to say of somewhat of a maybe the, the peacekeeper more than the uh, instigator? Yes, I would I would, <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Now that's good to hear. Um, and, and so take us to the next step of um, of kind of your journey. You know, as far as you know, obviously you're from here in Meadville. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, graduated from Meadville. From Meadville, what is Justin Gray's kind of background and where he went? Again, just trying to give people some context. Yeah, of, of sure. Post high school. Yeah, post high school. So throughout high school, uh, I, I well, I started playing guitar when I was in fourth grade. Of and, course. And music, um, music took a pretty big part in my life. 
Um, I took uh, private lessons from a gentleman named Mark Del Greco. Mm -hmm. Well, I really wanted to play saxophone. Okay. Because fourth fourth grade was the grade that you could play an instrument. And you got to tell me, I'd interject here, um, why the saxophone? So uh, my neighbor across the street, his name was Adam, and Adam was a few years older than I was, and he played the saxophone. So, okay. And I thought Adam was really cool. Very so, cool. So it wasn't the... It wasn't of course, the... saxophone was cool because Adam was cool, so... <laughs> <laughs> Naturally, right? So it wasn't the brass that, that, that no, attracted no, you. No, okay. No. All right. Um, so uh, my parents... I, well, I came home from school one day, and they said, Justin, instead of saxophone, how about you play guitar? And I was... I couldn't thank them more now. <laughs> Start out with something I mean, I, I think saxophone is pretty cool now, but at the time, I think guitar... Um, guitar was definitely a, a good choice for me. But anyway, started playing guitar... Um, throughout high school, got into choir, uh, started okay. singing with, uh, with Marilyn Peters, and she was a pretty big part of yeah. um, my journey moving forward. Um, played in some bands uh, and also was on the hockey team. So, right. you know, hockey and music don't necessarily jive sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, uh, but I did them both and very much enjoyed uh, my experiences. So after that, I, I ended up going to... Um, Mercyhurst College for a year in a term, roughly, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. Okay, I really didn't. I ended up getting a, a, a decent scholarship to go sing, and my parents said, "Hey, take your scholarship. You don't know what you want to do. At least right. you can work on something you enjoy doing yeah, and figure absolutely. it out while you're there." So, uh, after my first year, I switched into music education, thinking education would be good. My sister's a teacher. My right. brother-in-law's a teacher. And uh, I was about to term in, and I was like, nope, this no way. Isn't, this isn't for me. So I came home uh, for Thanksgiving break, and I told my dad that I didn't want to go back to school. How tough was that? I mean, again, you're talking about a 19-year-old, 20-year-old kid, mm -hmm. basically. Again, not that we're that much older than that, but yep. how hard was that to have that conversation at that kind of age where you know you know the answer. You know the answer is not to continue this thing because yep. you're just throwing money probably after, you know, good after bad, so to speak. And so how, explain to me, kind of talk through how, how hard is that conversation and um, how does that go? Yeah, the conversation actually with my dad was relatively easy. He's always been, um, he's always been on my side, uh, very encouraging. Um, he knows that if I feel a certain way, then I feel a way that way yeah. for a reason, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. So my dad really understood. He was the first person that I told and the last person that I told until we took the parts van up, moved all my stuff out of the apartment <laughs> and got home. And then I said that I wasn't going back to school. And then it was uh, kind of a train wreck after that. But, yeah. Uh, just for a, a short while. Right. I think through other people's minds, they were thinking, oh my gosh, what is he going to do? Yeah. He's not going to go back to school. You know what's going to happen. So right. They were more worried what my future was going to entail. Yeah. Um, but I had a pretty clear cut idea of what I wanted to do. I, I I loved music, but I didn't want to study that type of music. I was studying right. classical and opera. Um, my principal instrument at school was voice. Uh, I wanted to get into music production, and okay, engineering. Yeah. So I had my sights set on uh, Berkeley College of Music and Belmont. University in Nashville. Tennessee. Okay. So now, before you go there, I got a question for you. So, how much? Because you say you had a clear-cut, conscious decision, and it kind of sounds like you weren't listening to some of the judgment. Because ultimately, that's what that's what you're saying mm -hmm. is that there was judgment from others. Yep. Basically, in. Impregnated on you, mm -hmm. and um, you somewhat decided, well, I'm not going to worry about that. I know what I want, and, and I want to go there. So what, what was that kind of experience like for you, even looking back on it now? Because, you know, in the moment, it probably might have been a lot different than looking back on it now, I imagine. Absolutely. You know, looking back, I, I definitely have a clearer picture of, of everything that, that happened. It, it, I struggled with it when I was going through it. Um, Certainly. Because the people that I felt, and I don't want to say necessarily judgmental, but yeah, I guess in a way it, it was judgmental. They were concerned for my well-being and what Certainly. I was going to do, but the way that it made me feel, um, it was difficult. It was difficult to cope with. I was uh, I was upset a lot at that, at that point in time because yeah. I couldn't understand why people weren't 
happy for me. Right. Uh, Yes, there's the word. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't understand why people weren't excited and they couldn't see why I wanted to do what I wanted to do and that I would be successful. Right. But now when I look at the chain of events and we'll get through some of these, every time that I had a win, per right. se, mm-hmm. uh, everyone would get on board with what I was doing. Right. Right. And then it would kind of trickle back down and then I'd have a win or, or something yeah. <laughs> significant would happen. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, he and can everyone was so yeah. excited, you know, so um, it was definitely a learning experience. But all in all, they were just worried about my well-being and uh, and my success and growing yeah. up. And that, that's very cool. And I think it's very important. It's one of the points that I like to bring up um, a lot outside of obviously this, that, you know, this is most of the time first people are hearing me talk about this and, um, you know, judgment of others onto you can dictate a lot of other people's of your actions Mm -hmm. and I feel that if you just look internally and kind of it's one of those like trust your gut moments Mm -hmm. and it's it means that means a lot it really does mean a lot and the fact that you were able to do that and I didn't even know the story uh, before we (laughs) sat down here today Um, so this is phenomenal that you were able to you know to share that and um, yeah just kind of really I guess really proud of you because there's not a lot of people again you're talking 19 20 year old um, you know person that's kind of find their way Mm -hmm. Um, that's pretty that's pretty powerful to be able to do that so anyway so we're on to Nashville yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Boston. Boston. Okay, Boston. I'm sorry. Yep, on to Boston. So, um, you know, my dad was my crutch. He he believed okay. in me. So he, he never gave I can he, totally see that. Yeah, and <laughs> you know him pretty well. He, he was my crutch. He just said, just, you know, he never uh, put the business on me. He said, go do what you want to do. Follow yeah. what you want to do. And uh, he Be- gave me the, the means and ability to do that. Right. Uh, because, again, you say, you know, not fall in the business. Mm-hmm. While you're making these decisions, you mm-hmm. are, a, you know, again, for the lack of a better term, a college dropout in, mm-hmm. in people's eyes. Again, from the judgment side of things, from a negativity side. Well, he'll just go work for his dad because his dad has a, you know, successful business here in town. Right. And he'll just go do that. And for your dad, you got to give him a huge amount of kudos to oh, be yeah. able to be able to understand that that was not necessarily the right path at that time. Yep. Yep, it was unbelievable. So I was a college dropout. Uh, I did end up working for my dad for a short amount of time. (laughs) Um, Kind of funny because at that point, like I was really into John Mayer. I still think he's a great musician, but that was a time when he came out with a continuum and he had real long hair. So I was trying to grow my hair out real long. (laughs) It was a mess. It was really bad. But, um, you know, uh, I worked for him for a short amount of time. Uh, I was a service runner. Uh, You know, it was it was nothing nothing glamorous no not at all so i was i was just running people back and forth from appointments and um i auditioned at berkeley which is where i wanted to go and i auditioned at belmont well i didn't audition at belmont but i applied to belmont and um, i got into both schools okay my parents really wanted me to go to nashville Uh, i don't know if you've ever been to nashville i have not actually unfortunately cool city yeah i've heard nashville is um it just feels a little bit more like Meadville. Okay. Um, smaller town feel, yeah. even though it's a city. Hometown right? type of... Boston, they would describe it as they felt like they fed me to the wolves. Okay. When they <laughs> me off, okay? So, but I wanted to go to, I wanted to, go to Berkeley, uh, partially because I wanted to focus on my craft. Berkeley okay. was more of a, I don't want to say, because it's, it's, it's a college, but it was more of like a, a tech school. Um, okay. Because once I, once I was in my major, I focused on that. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a liberal arts school. I didn't. I, I had some of those courses at Mercyhurst, and I did have to take certain classes, but it was primarily focused around music. Right. And it was the first time in my life that I actually excelled in school. I was okay. I was a, a, a BC student in high school. Right. All I wanted to do was go to choir and play hockey. Yeah. <laughs> but I had to sit down and do the, all the calculus homework. Yeah. Right. It yeah. Just it, it it didn't fit with me. Right. But when I got to Berkeley. Um, it clicked, and I was with four thousand students that were like me. They were all like you. I was just gonna go there. We, in uh, an extremely eclectic bunch, but well, I'm sure um, <laughs> I would imagine at Berkeley, but, you know. And I was the minority at that school. Um, we have we have student or we had students, and I'm sure they still do from from all over the world. Right. So you know, I'd walk down the hall, and I couldn't understand anything that anyone was saying, <laughs> but I could sit down and I could play music. Right? right. And I think that's that's pretty cool. Universal language, mm-hmm. right? I mean, regardless of the actual language of maybe the song being sung, it's a universal language. Yeah, yeah. it is. That's it very is. cool. Yeah, so I went to Berkeley, uh, ultimately ended up getting a, a scholarship there, which kind of 
was a cherry on the cake because with the scholarship, it was like, okay. It helps. Yeah, yeah you certainly can, doesn't hurt. You can go and, and uh, we'll figure it out. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a great experience. It really was. Uh, I, I ended up graduating with a degree in music production and engineering. Okay. Um, which was awesome. Boston was a fantastic city. And not aside from school, just moving away um, taught me a lot. Yes. About people. Right. Um, about happiness. Yes. Uh, and things that, that can lead to happy. But it helped me find a little bit more about me. Helped right. me discover more about myself. So a little bit of kind of looking in and what I like to call self-awareness mm -hmm. and being able to look within. And uh, I can totally relate to that because, you know, I went to Penn State Barron, which is just up in Erie, where mm -hmm. you're talking about Mercier's is just up in Erie. Mm -hmm. And we then moved from there to Raleigh, North Carolina. And you're talking about a culture change. Yeah. Again, Raleigh's not Boston. Right. But at the same time, it certainly is different than Meatville yep. and different than Northwest Pennsylvania. Yep. You know, so it's something that is completely different. Um, and that interaction with different people, um, it certainly gets you questioning things, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Uh, but I, I very much enjoyed my time in Boston and the people that I met and the friends that I made. And I'm still friends with, with some of the, the kids yeah. that I graduated with. That's so great. It was, it was good. Yeah, no, that's good. So when you say, you know, kind of some of that, you know, kind of looking within and anything specific, any kind of, um, you know, event or um, anything that while you were up there um, at school and then did you stay there after school then or you, you left right out after school? Uh, I stayed there for about two months after I graduated. Okay. All right. And and then, anything specific up there that happened that was kind of a aha light bulb moment up there at all as far as when you talk about you know kind of finding yourself and maybe finding your way at all yeah i i think um being accepting of people uh of okay. all different yeah. races uh color uh, ethnicity yeah it, it doesn't matter right I, I i think i found coming from a small town of meville we aren't exposed to a whole lot not a whole lot up, yeah. right but when i went to boston um i experienced all of it. Yes. And I experienced all of it in the first day. Right. Yeah. I think that was to say, and probably quickly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it just, it, it opened my eyes to, there's a whole lot more, um, not, I don't want to say a whole lot more out there, but it opened my eyes to being open to other things than maybe what I think is right. Right. Um, yep. Yep. Because everybody that. has a perspective. Everybody has a belief. Yeah. Um, so I think it just really helped me be more accepting of, of yeah. a lot. And that makes sense. So just looking at the world differently. I mean, everybody's got a different, as you said, you know, you mentioned the world word perspective. I mean, that's a that's a big word that I like to use as well. And um, looking at it from like a different lens almost, you know, and being able to see things from other people's eyes. And yeah. again, everybody's background, you know, you you, you and I were, were fortunate enough to have a pretty good childhood mm -hmm. um, and a pretty good raise um, yeah. in that regard. And um, there's a lot of people out there that haven't had that. And um, that certainly shapes people in a different way but um so anyway so keep going so you're um so you're graduated from boston you're fresh out of college you are not crazy in debt because you got a scholarship but at some point you got to start feeding yourself at some point you got to start feeding yourself so i came home uh and i didn't really have a plan i was i was back and forth funny i didn't have a plan yeah you didn't have I, a plan I, yeah. I, I graduated <laughs> now what am i gonna now do now what so uh while i was in school i i had a work study job in the studios, okay, um, and I had uh, made a connection with one of the the uh, people that I worked for. His name was Joe, and Joe used to work out in Los Angeles. Okay, and at the time, I was uh, I, I wanted to work in a studio. Um, I, I wanted to get that type of job. I wanted to track and and make records. Right? Okay, um, and Joe, I went out to Los Angeles over spring break and he had set up a couple of um, kind of meet and greets uh, okay. and tours at some studios in LA. Certainly. Um, so that was pretty cool and uh, when I got back to school after that, I was in my junior year. Are you following this? Like, yes. I think I'm, I'm hopping, with you. I'm hopping all over the place. I got gotcha. you. So it was junior oh, year. I'm with you. <laughs> my dad said the summer going into my senior year, he said, Justin, you're not coming home this summer um, because I started... When I transferred, I, I lost about a year, so I started going year-round. Okay. So I had a summer where it was like, even though I was going year-round, I had one summer where I didn't have to go to didn't school to that summer school. so I could graduate at the same time same as everyone time. Yeah. else. Right. Makes so sense. he said, don't come home this summer. Go somewhere and get a job. Yeah. 
figure Go it out. Go to Nashville, yeah. whatever. So um, taste the itch, right? I mean, you exactly. know, it's, you know, it's one of those it's two sayings in one there that I like to do. But, you know, basically scratch your itch and taste what you like and, yep. just, and try it out, which is, again, phenomenal advice. Yep. So uh, this was my first big aha moment Okay. Um, about uh, not necessarily your education, but it's who you know. Yes. In networking. Yeah. And there was a gentleman that would come up and golf in the Meadville Medical Center golf outing. Okay. His name was Rusty Crow, and he was a Tennessee state senator. Oh, okay. He golfed Didn't with know my that. dad. Okay. Well, it just so happened that uh, Tennessee, Rusty knew some people in the music industry, and Rusty helped me get an internship at ASCAP. Okay. On Music Row. So that's what I did the summer going into my senior year. Okay. So kind of like a mini internship, you would say, or mini job for a few months. Yep. Okay. Yep. So I lived in Nashville for three years. And when I got back, finished my senior year, and then it was, what do I do now? Right. Yeah. So fast forward, <laughs> right. here we are. Rewind. I was going to go to LA, yeah. and now I just spent some time in Nashville. Right. Okay. Um, that was the point when I said, you know what? I don't know anyone in Los Angeles, but all of my friends are moving to Nashville and at least I know some people in Nashville. Right. Because I lived there for three months. Right. So I decided to go to Nashville, and I moved down, uh, was living on my friend's couch. Okay. Staying on his couch. Yeah. So I got there, and I said, I got to find a place to live within a week, and I need to get a job within two weeks. Yeah. And within the first four days, I had a place to live, and I had my first job. So, awesome. Um, so things are going well. Yeah, yeah, they were going well. And, you know, interesting because uh, the experiences in Nashville were great, uh, but the uh, the side of being in school, you almost felt like you were in a bubble because we had all these wonderful musicians at our disposal. Right. Um, and all, the, I mean, state-of-the-art gear, studios, Certainly. everything. Yeah, yeah, there, right, right. And then we'll get out of school. Now I'm out. <laughs> And everyone, what? everyone wants paid <laughs> yeah. to play on your right. stuff now. And, you know, you're working off of a home studio with right. a little interface and whatever else you could afford to yeah. to get at the time. So totally makes sense. Whole different thing. <laughs> In hindsight, they should have like a, here's what might happen yeah, here's when you what's get out of happen. school. Yeah, right. You know, let's learn how to build a decent home studio and track on that. How right. do you make records on that? So, yeah. I don't know. I think that's a good idea. But, yeah, absolutely. You know, maybe they have it now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're alumni. You should have some pool, right? Yeah. You should be able to talk to them. Yeah, doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I lived in Nashville for, I think, three years. Um, now, when you say, you you know, you got a, you got a job and, you, you know, you kind of got a place, um, I would imagine that it's not like you were going and living in, uh, you know, what uh, Carrie Underwood lives in now, um, or anything like that outside no, no, outside no, no. of Nashville. So I mean, you know, you're 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 modestly living, mm-hmm. um, I would imagine, and um, you're kind of doing somewhat of the grind. And what's your mindset at that point when you know you you think you think you can make this in some sort of manner because you got the energy, right? Mm-hmm. You've got the drive and, and all of that. But at the same time, you know, was there ever a point there where you're kind of looking around of like, all right, what am I what am I doing here? Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, partially, a little bit of that is why I ended up home, a little bit. Um, but I, you know, I was able to, uh, I was able to network, and I, I really ended up working for uh, some really great people, mm-hmm. people that, uh, people that, people that live in Nashville or move to Nashville. They they dream of of being with, being and working yeah. for, and right. I was able to actually get myself in and, and, and make network, some of those yeah. connections. Um, and I'm grateful for that time because the people that I worked for were awesome. Yeah. The experiences, the people that I met because of it, I mean, just incredible. Um, Not hard to probably imagine. Again, we go back, you know, 10 minutes ago when you're talking about the kid in the playground and the kid in the party. Like <laughs> yeah. You're mingling with these people. The fact that you're good at networking is probably not much of a surprise. Yeah, I think it's from my grandma Eileen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the gift of gab. Oh, man. We'd be in the grocery store. It didn't matter. She talked to everybody. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I learned from her. But, um, yeah, it's uh, networking was a big thing for me. But there were times, you know, I, I didn't. I remember when I got my first real job. Right? Yeah, right. I say quote unquote. <laughs> um, and I, I called my dad, and I was ecstatic. I'm sure because I got my first real job, and I told him what I was going to get paid. And it's like the wind just sucked out. Oh, of really? Lung, right. <laughs> I mean, just. And I couldn't figure out why, but I was so green at that time yeah. that I was just excited I got a job. Yes. Well, now, in hindsight, I realized well, I was actually making below poverty level. 
<laughs> on a salary job, right? So, yeah. I mean, it, but at the time it didn't matter because I got a job and yeah. I was working on Music Row and, yeah. and that was it. And that, that was, was enough for you to be happy at that point. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's kind of a, a sub sublet of this whole thing of, you know, sometimes it's not necessarily how many zeros you bring in. Yeah. Granted, there's a math and some accounting equations there. Oh, sure. The 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 any going and the Audi coming, you know, type of thing. Those 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 yep. have to add up um, a little bit in your favor. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. That was a larger company that I worked for, um, and then I ended up. I really wanted to get into the creative side, and and I was able to. Um, Oh, I heard about an opportunity from actually one of the gentlemen that I interned for. Okay. He said, hey, this is open. Yeah. You know, if you want, I can put your name in and, and yeah. you can take it from there, right? However that conversation went. But he was a great guy. And like, I, I must have done well enough for him that, that he thought highly of me and thought that I would be At a good At least he would it. somewhat stick his neck out for you and yep. give you a recommendation. Yep, yep. So I ended up working for a publishing company. Um, coincidentally with uh, a management company as well um, and it was incredible and it was a really small group okay they were Which only it, it's a large company globally right but the Nashville but, office yeah. was very small and um, oh they were just it was incredible everyone just jived it, yeah. it worked uh, I learned a ton right. while I was there it just and I was I loved going to work I, it was the work-life balance um, Everyone was generally really happy all the time, in a good mood. Uh, you that's know? awesome. Yeah. But uh, there was a lot of a lot of good stuff that that was going on there. Yeah. And, and I was happy to be part of it. Oh, that's so, good. And I would imagine that that close you know close knit group like that, that again, I can see somebody of your personality being able to thrive and, and something like that. And I guess maybe anybody would. You know, a, a part of a part of being happiness is the people that are around you, mm -hmm. right? So if you can surround yourself with happy people, then that tends to wear off. If you're surrounding yourself with negative people, that's also going to tend to wear off. Right, yep. so the fact that you were able to find yourself, um, you know, in a in a good position like that is not surprising that you were enjoying it yourself. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So we've got a job in Nashville. Um, we're, we're we're chugging along. Anything else? Um, anything else in Nashville that was it was a uh, noteworthy? Um, you know, while while you're there, obviously we're in Meadville now, not in Nashville. Right. Um, yeah. So eventually you made your way back home. But um, I got a feeling there was something in Nashville that might have been some worthy of note while you were in Nashville. Anything that. Uh, that you may have tried out for or anything like that while you were down there? Or not in that, that. That was not down there. That, that was, was actually, up here. That was in Boston. Oh, that so, was in Boston. Okay. Yep. So, right. uh, yeah, I tried out for American Idol. Uh, I think it was season 10. Not 100% sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Don't fact check. Em. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I tried out for American Idol when I was in Boston. And... Um, and that would have been while you were in school? I was in school. And yep. what year would you have been then during the I think I would have been a junior. Okay. Yeah. I think okay. I, I think it would have been. I, no, I know. I was a junior that year. Okay. Yeah. So. And then audition, open auditions were, were there and, you know, somehow, um, again, I don't I'm talking about what year that was, but it's not like you you saw it all over the all over the internet. How, how did you find out? I mean, obviously, we all knew who what American Idol was. But sure. You sought it out. It sought you out. What's the story there of? Of kind of why you why you, you you got to the audition. My friends sought me out. Okay, <laughs> all right. Okay. So we had a free weekend, and uh, I had some friends that we were uh, singers. We were, yeah. You know, our principal instrument was voice, and um, they were going. Okay. And it was pretty much get on the train or get off. Yeah. And I wanted to go do something that weekend, right. so we went and got a hotel room, and uh, it was actually over at like Foxborough, uh, where the Patriots played. Okay. That's where it was held. So yeah. We got a hotel room, uh, which is also the night the Penguins won the Stanley Cup. No kidding. Yep. So this would have been, doing my math, this would have been when they won it in 2009? 2008? Yeah. Is that, that's it would have been, been, yeah, 2000, 2009. 2009, yeah. Yep. Okay, yeah. Yep. It would have been, okay. So Same year I got married. Oh, yeah. Good year, huh? <laughs> yeah, great year. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we went over and auditions, I mean, stupid early in the morning. You know, we were up waiting in line the whole yeah. day. Anyway, uh, I made it through that audition. Okay. And then uh, I got to go on. The next auditions happened, you know, over the next couple of months or okay. so. Okay. But out of the group, I kept going. Um, right. Out of the group of your buddies, you're saying. So, right. So they made it with you as well. So w one other person made it with me. Okay. Through the first round. Okay. And then after the second round, I was the one 
that kept going. You were the only one that kept going. Yeah. And so where in those rounds were the what everybody just would know of like when you you know the the, the taped auditions? I mean, is that the first audition? Is you're in front of the panel, or is the, there another audition before that? There's there's before you actually get to the judges. There's there's several several auditions, auditions before that, that happen over yeah. over the course of time. I don't know what what happens now, but yeah. Um, to think, you know, I think there were 175,000 people. Oh that, my gosh! That yeah. Tried out that year. Um, so. Yeah. You can't see everybody. Exactly, and I would imagine that. That's yeah. why I was kind of asking. But yeah, um, yeah crazy experience, uh, and it was kind of funny because I, I didn't necessarily want to try out. I just wanted to go do something that right. weekend. Yeah. So um, kind of surreal that I just kept going through. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I, I was able to get the golden ticket. Um, right. And I went out to Hollywood. I got cut. At, I got cut in Hollywood. Which I was fine. I was like, oh, thank yeah, right. You were, it was more relief for you at that point. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was excited about what I was doing in school. Um, I really, in hindsight, I think I was extremely nervous. Okay. And I didn't necessarily know how to cope with it. Yeah. So I kind of put it all on the back burner. Like, uh, whatever happens, happens. Okay. If I look, you know, looking back now, I wish I would have taken it maybe a little bit more seriously. Okay. It's understandable. Um, I mean, again, again, we're talking, you know, somebody, you're in your 20s. Yeah. Early 20s, um, not necessarily knowing what's going on. It's completely, obviously, acceptable. Yeah. And so how does that whole experience, you know, at all translate into, you know, maybe what you do now or, you know, going forward? You know, how, how does that experience, I mean, like you said, you, you, you know, up, that's a big stage. I mean, you mm -hmm. know, most people in the world don't get to that stage. Mm -hmm. um, there's a small percentage that get to that point. And, um, you know, what is, how, do, how does that kind of help you at all, um, you know, going forward at all? Any, any, anything that is there? Yeah. Um, put all your effort into... Um, what you have going on because you never know where it can lead you you know right. that I, I feel like I, I was in that moment but I didn't necessarily look past that moment okay and uh, I didn't really put a whole lot of effort into it other I like than, that you know I, I, I try harder yeah I try as hard as you can because right. regardless if it works out or if it doesn't at least you can look back and say I did everything that I possibly could have done and I'm happy with that yeah I'm looking back now saying, I wish I would have done more. Could have tried a little harder. Yep. Yeah. So. Oh, that's great. I mean, that's great advice because that's obviously something that uh, that <laughs> you could tell anybody, um, you know, for anything looking back of, of, of that things. And I'm sure we all we all have those stories, maybe not to that magnitude of sure. um, in the public eye. But mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. but anyways, okay. So you're so kind of going back um, to, to Nashville. You've got a job in Nashville. Um, you are bringing in, you know, enough income but at some point you end up back here in Meadville. So tell me that story of why, how. Um. Yeah, yeah, pretty uh, pretty simply, I, I didn't make it home very often. Um, never had a direct flight from Nashville to Pittsburgh or Cleveland. Okay, yeah. So, and they were always expensive at that time. Yeah. And uh, the only way that I would get home is if I drove, and it was about a 10-hour drive. Oof, yeah. And I didn't, I just couldn't come home very often. Right. So um, my sister was pregnant, Okay. Um, and she had her first baby while I was in Nashville. Okay. And I knew the due date, but she was like a week early. So I flew home. I had that planned. Yeah. So I flew home and met my niece, Claire, as a newborn. Mm -hmm. And it just so happened that um, about a week after that trip home, I was home for another wedding. And like two weeks after that, I was home for another wedding. So Okay. So I... Every time I got home, she had grown into a little bit bigger nugget, right? And then a little bit, and then she was a peanut. <laughs> yeah, right. You know absolutely. What I mean? Yeah, it was crazy. So uh, when I flew back to Nashville after that that third time home, um, I just I had a I don't know I was I was I loved what I was doing there and I loved what I was uh, the opportunities and who I was with, and I I really do think if I stayed there it would continue to progress I, I would I would think that it would I would right. hope that it would yeah um, but I think I was a bit lonely okay when I was there you know I went down with friends and friends got girlfriends yeah friends got boyfriends yeah right and I just I was kind of by myself I still have my friends but I didn't have I didn't have anyone to share my life with right at that point um, I was pretty much there. I would work. I would go home. I okay. would work. I would go home. I'd write some songs, right? Yeah. I had snippets of really great things, but I spent a lot of time by myself. Um, and I think uh, a combination of all that, I, I was a bit, a little bit homesick. 
Okay. I had a brand new niece at home. Uh, I had all of my friends that I was uh, friends with in high school, best friends, early friends, yeah. young friends, <laughs> right, yeah. right? playground yep. friends. Right, even longer friends. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, you know, they're all around here. And I, I just, I flew back and I was driving home um, from the airport. And I said, I'm going to go home. I, I just feel like I had another gut feeling yeah. of this is what I'm supposed to do right now. Right. Um, so that's how I ended up home. I, I uh, you know, I had some conversation with my parents, um, and my dad said, "Hey, uh, whatever you want to do, right, is fine. What you want to do, um, yeah." And we had talked about, you know, what are you going to do, right? Yeah, because you can come home, but <laughs> right, yeah, you got to do something. Yes, absolutely. So it's kind of funny because I was back in that same situation because I was like, right, you know, I was getting the, "Are you sure you want to do this?" Right, right. Yeah, I don't know if you should. Yeah. And then I was also getting the, yeah, come on home. You know, I was getting both sides of it. So I was, I was torn. Right. You know, I didn't really know what to do. Um, but he said, hey, if, if, if you want to try the business, um, by all means, I'm happy to have you. And I'll teach you everything I can possibly teach you. Right. So, um, yeah. So I moved home and it's it, last month was six years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you've been here for six years, basically three times. Um, you kind of <laughs> had that now what type of type of moment. So you've yeah. you've certainly experienced that a, a bunch here. And um, yep. well, that's uh, it's great to hear that. Obviously, you're you know here in Meadville and um, you know, we're glad to have you here. So so you're here. Um, you guys have have a have a have a great business here, obviously, you. Um, as you mentioned earlier, family owned. Um, a little bit of give a quick little history of uh, of Smith Gray, um, as yeah, you sure. will if you if you can go through that. Sure thing. My grandfather, uh, Bud Gray, um, started Smith Gray back in 1965. Well, let's jump back a little bit before that. He was kind of an entrepreneur. Okay. Always. Yeah. Um, he had a paint and wallpaper store and was very successful. Sold it. Uh, ended up buying the Lamplighter, which is across from the Market House uh, Hunting Fishing Club. Yes, okay, yeah. So that was like a pretty high-class bar restaurant right. uh, in his day. Okay. Uh, successful, sold it. Yeah. And then he started uh, started selling cars for Warren Smith, which was um, Warren Smith Motor, Warren C. Smith Motors, which was where the Cinema 4 um, oh, okay. Was in across the street, which is now Petruso Audiology. Well, yeah, right. Which was right, which was Donut Mr. Donut, Donut. Yeah, right. Yeah, Mega Shop <laughs> yeah. and everything. That was the car shop. That okay, was a car dealership. Um, and my grandfather enjoyed it. He bought into it. Okay, in um, the '60s, he wanted to move the dealership up here. From what I understand. Okay. Okay. Nothing was developed here. Yeah. He, this was not. He was a yeah. visionary. He could see that something was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, Warren Smith was older than him. My grandfather bought him out. Okay. Moved the dealership up here. Nice. Okay. That was 65, around 65. And then um, my dad was the youngest of four. So his oldest brother, Bill, was 14 years older than he was. Okay. Okay. So big span there. Dick was nine. Carol Ann was six. Yeah. Um, My dad was still in high school. My grandfather passed away when he was 16. But Bill and Dick were working here. Okay. At the dealership at the time. Yeah. In their 20s. Right. Okay. So uh, grandfather passed away. Uh, Bill and Dick asked if they could have a shot. Yeah. Right. Wish granted. And here we are over 50 years later. Right. That's awesome. You know, still still in business. So uh, so am I getting this right? So you're th- you represent the third generation. That's correct. Yeah. Well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. So, talk to me a little bit about um, you know, I'm as um, some of you may know, I'm a part of a, a generational company as well. Um, you know, my my brother-in-law um, is represents the third generation as well. Again, roughly the same uh, same general time period. Mm-hmm. Um, that one started um, about 59 years ago as well. So we're right in the same general time period here in Meadville, which is uh, kind of crazy. I didn't realize that the generations lined up as well as they did. Um, Talk to me a little bit about, um, and again, trying to somewhat of, uh, you know, some of the happiness and self-awareness and appreciation and um, perspective and some of the patience that goes along with working in a family business. And the, 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 there's so many questions there. And granted, we don't want to keep the audience too much longer here. As, yeah. um, we want to... Um, we could go on forever. We could probably be here all night. Um, but yeah. um, just give me some snippets of, you know, what your views are and in, in that light of just, again, the family environment um, and also being a business. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's a never-ending thing. Sure. Um, one, working with my dad has been great. 
we definitely have had some ups and downs, and I don't want to say downs, um, disagreements. Certainly. Sure. Uh, especially early on. Um, and we can get into disc assessment. Yeah, and right. That absolutely. Yeah. That, that really helped us out. But, yeah. Um, when we realized uh, that we're different people, two different people, mm -hmm. uh, that was the biggest thing for us. Right. Um, we may have two different routes, but end up at the same destination. Yeah. Right? So that was that was a pretty good thing. But we work well together, um, ninety nine percent of the time, which is a good thing. Uh, we have pretty great communication lines, but that goes way back. All the way from when from I was from your childhood, exactly and from him raising you. Yep, um, and he's taught me a ton. He's given me the opportunity. He sent me back to dealer school, uh, NADA Academy, right? Uh, which he attended with me, which was pretty phenomenal. Um, and he had already taken it. No, okay, no. And he'll tell you if I could have done this thirty years ago, he would have. I would have run a completely different store, gotcha. right? Yeah. Um, but the simple fact that he and I went together. We learned at the same time, yep. we learned the same material, and we could come back and work on it together. Together. Yeah, as that's a team. great. So that was pretty cool. Um, coming from a family dealership, yeah, uh, I, had to, um, I had to prove myself when I moved home, for I'm sure. sure. Um, some of the employees at the time that I had moved home had been here since before I was born. Right. Uh, they've since retired, but... Yeah, we have some longevity here. Yeah. And um, I'll tell you what, it, it wasn't easy. I would say the first two years, I really I really had to prove that I yeah. was... I wasn't, work. I wasn't just coming home for six months right. and, and heading back to yeah. wherever I was going, right? Um, well, so, you also probably had the stigmatism of like, well, you know, you're the owner's son and you're just going to get special privileges and right. you have to work actually extra hard, extra hard to be able to gain other people's respect. Yeah. And that is something that is uh, very difficult to overcome, yep. uh, certainly in, in, in your position. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, interesting time. But hey, I prevailed. It's um, it's, it's been great. I've I've made friends um, and I've learned a ton. Uh, I, I, I'm so grateful for for my dad and giving me the opportunity, but also to put his time and effort into teaching me and helping Certainly. me grow. Yeah, I, I used to hear, boy, I wish you would have taken some business courses in college. And it's like, no, I'm glad I got my business education here, here. Yeah, um, because I think I learned a whole lot more. I'm sure, you know? I'm sure. And it's a, and there's nothing like um, being able to work with family. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a it's a very difficult challenge, yes, but it, there's just nothing else like it, and yep. it's uh, it's not every, and not everybody could do it either. Mm -hmm. um, so I do commend you in that regard yep. um, because it's uh, it can it can be difficult, but it can be so much more rewarding. Oh yeah, and and when I came home, uh, we both had an agreement, a very simple agreement. Um, if we worked well together, great. Um, if we don't, then we need to figure that out. Yeah, right. <laughs> very quickly. Um, but it was it was very simply, you know, you were never going to do this, Justin. So I don't have a succession plan for you. Right. Right. If this isn't right for you, it's okay if you go. Yeah. If you enjoy it and you stick around, great. If it's time for me to retire and do whatever, I won't leave you high and dry. Right. Uh, if you want to continue doing it, great. Um, you know, I'll help you out in yeah. any way that you that I possibly can. Yeah. So, well, that's and great. And that's part of why he's given me the the the, the skill set with school and sending me to Dealer Academy. And right, yeah, he he wants me to be able to. Succeed. He's investing in you and kind mm -hmm. of proving that with action. Again, as he clearly did all the way through mm -hmm. Mercyhurst and Berkeley and mm -hmm. Nashville and then back at home. So yep. um, you would expect probably nothing less um, sure. of them. So, yep. well, that's great. Um, so again, just a couple things that maybe we dive specific and just some, some uh, I'll say halfway rapid fire questions here um, as we get close to, to wrapping it up. And um, what does, in Justin's eyes, success look like? <laughs> I'm trying to figure that out every day. <laughs> we all are, right? Success. You know, I had a roommate. His name was Eric. And Eric was uh, 10 years older than I was when okay. I lived with him. So early 20s, he was early 30s. Right. Okay. To me, at that point, he was old. But now yeah. I'm his age. Yeah, right. Yeah. I was there. Right? And so, guess what? You don't feel old, do you? No. Kind of <laughs> interesting. But uh, I used to ask him questions. And he would rapid fire me. And I never really got it in my early 20s, yeah. but I get it now. Yeah. And he would say, well, he would ask me, he says, what is success? 
you know? Or he'd say, what do you want in life? I'd say, I want to be successful, right? And he'd say, well, what is successful? So he'd call, right? he'd call you out on he, it. He would. Yeah. And all I had was an empty word. Right. I just wanted to be successful. Right. And you know, I don't necessarily know what success is in my yeah. eyes, um, but uh, I know that success isn't more or less, what is success not? Okay, right? I got eyes. it, yeah. Um, I don't think you can measure success. Well, some people can't measure success on how much money they make. Certainly. Right. Um, I think more or less I would I would try and measure it based on how I feel internally. Um, on my happiness, however you measure happiness. Right. Um, uh, and it goes into things like my relationship with God, um, my relationships with my family and friends. Um, what am I doing to contribute and help people every day? Yeah. Um, whether it's in the workplace or out of the workplace, how am I helping other people in a relational way? Um, you know, I made some notes. There you go. Goodness. Um, <laughs> it's health, good. physical and mental health. Yes. Um, health is big. Health, health is something for me, and not to interject, and mm -hmm. you can certainly keep going. And health is something for me that's almost top of the list of things. If you were to wish something on somebody, mm -hmm. That would be it, right? Because if you're not healthy, yep. if your family's not healthy, nothing else really matters. Mm -mm. I mean, from a perspective standpoint, nothing else matters. Yeah. I mean, if, if you have your health and you've got your X number, you know, one to 10 people that are the closest to you and they're healthy, mm -hmm. the sun's gonna come up tomorrow, Yeah. right? Yeah. So bet your bottom down. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You would know the rest of that line. I guess I wouldn't think about that. I didn't know the rest of that line. <laughs> Anyways, keep going. Yeah. Um, a partner, you know, yep. uh, success. If, if, if part of your goals in life are to um, have a family, mm -hmm. uh, have a wife, have a family, um, you know, uh, that could be success in, in your eyes. Absolutely. Right. Um, I, it, it goes on and on and on. I, I really wrote down just, just some, you know, dogs. I love my dogs. There you go. Raising, I don't have kids, but I have my first puppy. Yeah. And he just turned a year old and I feel successful with him. Yeah. You know, I've, I've raised him from a, a little pup and, and uh, I love him to death and he learns from me. Um, I also feed him and let him out yeah. to the bathroom and he relies on me. <laughs> right, but, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's, I, I think all that stuff can be lumped into it. But I think success is different for everybody. Absolutely. There's, without a question. Without yeah. a question, it's different for everybody. And if you think about it, of what you said of, and again, stop me if I'm wrong, of you basically said, you know, so your success is based on some of your happiness. Mm -hmm. And the reality of then if you dive into that of like, okay, well, what is happiness? Mm -hmm. Happiness is different for every person. Mm -hmm. Happiness for you could be singing songs. I mean, you mm -hmm. don't want me behind a mic and a guitar and, I mean, not even close, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not even close to something that you would want me to do, yeah. nor would I want to do it, right? Sure. Like, I don't have happiness in that. Mm -hmm. And that's the point um, that I want to drive home. Yeah. This whole thing and this whole journey that I'm doing is that happiness looks different for everybody. Mm -hmm. And somebody somebody's happiness um, shouldn't be judged uh, based on based on somebody else's opinion yeah. uh, from the outside. Because, you know, I think there's a lot of reality of a lot of people don't know other people like they do, think mm -hmm. they do. Yeah. And, you know, we have clo we're close to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And even some of those people that we're really close to, we don't necessarily really know all about them. I mean, mm -hmm. there's some people that we might know, we know a little bit about, but you think about how many people that you interact with that you think you kind of know, right. you don't really know them that well. Right. And being able to project your happiness on them is just not how it works. Yep. It's just not how it works. Yep. Now, some of your happiness can spread like wildfire. Absolutely. And, and just being around and, and, and having a smile, right? Yes. Can help somebody's Happiness, yeah. maybe not happiness, but mood. Mood, um, yep, certainly. Which can translate to happiness too, I guess. I don't know. Optimism. Uh, yep. You know, being optimistic yep. with things. Again, mm -hmm. somebody you're dealing with somebody that's pessimistic mm -hmm. all the time, day in and day out. That could be pretty draining. Yep. Could yeah, it draining. really can be. I actually wrote uh, the people that surround that you surround yourself with, which yeah. I think you touched on earlier. But Absolutely. Really, you know, if why put yourself in a situation? Um, or put yourself around people that are negative all the time. Yeah, it's just clouding clouding yourself with with a bunch of 
nonsense you don't need. Yeah. Uh, and I'll tell you what, it's hard to swim out of those clouds too. Oh yeah, the, yeah. The, the, and that's the other thing, I guess that's a good point you brought it up is, it's not easy mm-hmm. to be happy. No. Right? It's a lot easier to be negative. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to complain. Right. It's not as easy to, whether it's turning another cheek or whether it's just saying, you know what, I'm going to be happy today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to look at this as a glass half full and not half empty. Right. And it takes a lot of work. And I like to, you know, kind of paraphrase it of, Whatever work you put in and whatever way you define work, because work can be defined in a lot of ways, and I don't mean that this is what you get a job for. Mm-hmm. Whatever work you put in should map what your ambitions are. Yeah. Because if you don't do that, it's just like anything that you go in life, and the best way to look at it for me is for, let's just say, working out and trying to be healthy. Mm-hmm. If you want to work out and you want to be really, really healthy, mm-hmm. well, don't eat the foods that don't, don't, don't do well, and you need to work out, mm-hmm. right? So if you don't do that, you're not going to all of a sudden just get healthy. Right. right? It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, not, it's not that hard of a concept. Like, you can't just sit and think about push-ups, and then all of a sudden you're good at push-ups. Yeah. Right? You yeah. have to act on them and do the push-ups. Wait, let me think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so any, anyways, digress on all of that. Um, well, I, I, I think that um, this was a very success. I appreciate it. Anything, um, you know, from, a, again, we're here at Smith Gray. Um, we're in the, uh, in, the, in the conference room. And um, anything that, um, from a Smith Gray perspective, that, that you want to, you know, your time to, to, to plug here of, you know, what's the, you know, anything major coming up with Smith Gray or anything that you, you have going on that, um, that you want to you wanna plug here at this for just the last, uh, last couple minutes before we say. Yeah, adios. sure, sure. Um, you know, 2020 models uh, are out and coming out, okay. and uh, it's Smith Gray Buick GMC. So our, our two uh, franchises now uh, are Buick and GMC, and we have an extremely nice product. I mean, exceptional product. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm excited for for what's new and what's been redesigned. You know, our, our our Sierra truck just got fully redesigned from the ground up. Our terrain just got redesigned. Our Acadia, uh, we're about to have our first 2020 land, uh, is, uh, has a facelift and some pretty major changes. Nice. Looks awesome. Um, we have a new Buick Enclave. Uh, we're yes. getting a new Encore GX, which is uh, bigger than an Encore and smaller than an Envision. So it's a whole yeah. new segment. There's just there's constant new product going on. And, you know, we think cell phones change fast. Well, cars are changing every bit as fast as cell phones now. So uh, very excited about our product line. General Motors uh, constantly is having uh, really great incentives every month. Um, yeah, it's uh, come and see the product. You know, even if even if you think that Buick is an old person's car, it's not. <laughs> it's not. I can it's attest not. to that. I've seen them. You know, I, I I've personally had a Buick uh, in the past, and it's it's incredible. It really yeah. is. So Absolutely. they're trying to rebrand and, and and change their image, and I think they've they've done an exceptional job with that. I still think there's the old person car in there. And yes, yeah. old people still drive them. Right, yeah. Well, they old people still drive Siri, right? operate all the, all the computer and tech right, stuff, yeah. you know? <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah, they, it, it's an awesome product, both uh, Buick and GMC. Oh, well, that's great. Well, I'm glad you, again, thank you for doing this. Um, I think this was awesome. Yeah. Um, we'll at least get our parents and, si- and siblings to listen to it. Yeah. Um, and hopefully somebody else does it someday. Um, and I appreciate you doing it. So everybody, thanks for listening. Um, again, you're listening to the Craven, uh, uh, Craven Happiness Podcast. Podcast. Uh, this is DJ Craven. We'll see you on the other side. Thanks, my man. You're welcome. That was a lot longer than I was expecting, but I didn't <laughs> know what to expect. Right? I could keep going too.